Hey folks, welcome back to the Friday Show on the uh, Culture Jack Podcast. I'm Dustin, I'll be your host, and today on the show, I'm going to try my best to describe uh, one of my favorite anime shows. Uh, so this should be a real treat for the <laughs> for those of you uh, that don't religiously watch these types of cartoons like myself. But before I get into that whole mess, Anthony asked me uh, a question on the Monday Madness episode that I will endeavor to answer with as much gusto and completeness as exists in my hollow head. Um, actually, he, he asked me a few questions. Uh, first, he asked what my favorite docu-series was. <laughs> I, I, I really struggled with this one because I, I don't think I watch a lot of nonfiction I mean, uh, you know, the occasional National Geographic or Discovery Blue Planet, you know, Morgan Freeman narrated stuff. Um, but I don't think I've watched anything, you know, of a more serial nature over over a long period of time or, or uh, a chronicle of anything, really. So what I settled on for my answer was uh, one uh, from the late night movie, uh, movie channel circuit from, you know, HBO, uh, Cinemax, Showtime. Uh, I never had HBO, but on occasion there would be opportunities where I would see a show called Real Sex from time to time. And I I don't even know if the show is playing anymore, uh, but of course I got into it. I started watching it because of, you know, boobs. And I tuned in even after I discovered that there wasn't like consistent uh, topless models, consistent nudity, um, but because the show illuminated different sexual cultures and perspectives. And uh, of course, at the time that I was uh, watching this show, I was a Randy young adult, uh, but I've learned uh, about, about things that I would have never even thought of or even considered. Um, I'm, I'm basically a very worldly adult now. I'm so learned, so wise. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not, that big into real life drama or nonfiction. So if I, I had to pick a topic or a person to see a docuseries made out of, um, there's not a whole lot, Anthony, that jumps out at me. Uh, but one that would be cool, uh, even though it probably already exists would be one about the video game industry you know, cause you and I are both really into that industry and that culture. Uh, you know, you know, a, a docuseries maybe that mapped out all the sorted twists and turns like uh, Gamergate and politicians uh, looking to legislate video games because, uh, according to them, they cause violence or, uh, you know, to protect the second amendment at the cost of the first amendment. And I, I think that'd be pretty cool to see. Um, you know, maybe they could follow, one or two especially nefarious game developers or publishers and hit kind of the big shakeups that have happened in the industry or like major milestones across the different platform generations of, of gaming. Yep. <laughs> I, I think that would be a good one uh, to see. And, you know, there might even be enough drama to support a, a series with something like uh, Machinima or, you know, some generic or specific YouTube gamers or, or, or some of the old gaming shows. Um, like what was that? What was that one? Uh, X factor was that X factor? No, that's a, that's a, 
<laughs> that's like a talent show maybe, but you know, there, there were older gaming shows on like tech TV uh, and stuff. And Anthony, you also asked me about my thoughts on that Joe Rogan Spotify deal, which is, is funny. Like we talked about it on the phone, but I was going to bring it up on this episode and ask you for your thoughts on the thing. Um, it's hilarious, actually, not just funny. This is mind-bending comedy that couldn't be written by those hundred monkeys with that hundred typewriters. I have never laughed so hard in my short stay on this earth. <laughs> uh, all right, maybe it's uh, it's not as funny as it is coincidental. Um, yeah, what what was that deal worth? That was a hundred million a year to stream exclusively on Spotify. That is that is bananas. Like the, the last time I heard any Joe Rogan figures with all of his advertising deals, it was like 30 million or, or, or something like that. I mean, you know, good, good for Joe. Um, but here's the caveat. That means he has to pull his content from all the other platforms. Like, like I, I don't listen to him often, but when I do, I listen to him on my iPhone along with all the other podcasts I listen to. That's where I listen to culture jacked. Uh, by him doing this, he is definitely going to lose, you know, his, his reach. And that's where my mind goes. You know, I, I'd love Anthony, if you and I could make a big figure, uh, you know, nine figure payday because of the culture Jack show. But part of the reason that I do this podcast and part of the reason I enjoy it is the idea that there's going to be people's listening ears on something that I worked hard to create. So to intentionally limit your viewership or, you know, your listenership in this case, and and don't get me wrong. I know Spotify is the largest audio streaming platform today. So it's, it's, he's not going to be hurting for an audience. It just, you know, it, it seems counterintuitive to the mission. Uh, now with all that being said, if, if there are any homeless Joe Rogan listeners out there, you know, you feel, feel abandoned and you need something to fill that void in your podcast schedule. Well, allow me to be the first to welcome uh, you to, to the culture jacked family. <laughs> you know, we're a little dysfunctional, a little gassy, but we really, we really do uh, care about you. And uh, the last thing Anthony asked me about was the Snyder cut of the justice league. And for those of you that are unfamiliar, and I'm, I'm sure there are many of you out there, uh, Zack Snyder, he was the original director for, the, <laughs> the, quite frankly, the mess of the Justice League movie. Uh, but he had to step away from directing that bad boy due to a personal tragedy. And so Joss Whedon, uh, the director for the first two Avengers movies, took over. And a lot of people, that transition is what many credit for the eventual movie that was released being so, so critically panned or so, so terrible. Um, now a- after the movie has been released, many fan contingents on the internet demanded that Warner bros release what they called the Snyder cut, his original version before he had to leave the project. And so they felt like there was just sitting on the cutting room floor, a whole better Justice League movie 
uh, a, a darker one, uh, many, many have said, but a better Justice League movie ready to be put out. That was, you know, pushed to the side for Joss Whedon's combined uh, vision. And well, just like Anthony said, uh, you know, they're actually going to release it. They're going to release the Snyder cut. But the thing is, they're throwing another $20 million at the movie. And it may also call for reshoots and additional uh, photography uh, to, to complete the thing. So like the guys over at uh, Internet Today said, does this mean that the, the cut, the Snyder cut, never existed in the first place? I mean, that was the big controversy, wasn't it? That there was a Snyder cut and Warner Bros. was refusing to lease, release it, the Internet said. But if they have to reshoot scenes or call actors back... It's basically just a new movie. I mean, a new movie with the benefit of hindsight. So now they'll be able to load it with fan service and they will be able to stuff it to the brim with the much desired aspects that were missing from the first one. Uh, The internet buzz and, quote, goodwill Warner Bros. will get from doing us all this awesome solid. We'll get this bad boy. I'm going to guess another two to three hundred million dollars. That's just my guess. Uh, but in reality, they've just duped us with yet another successful viral marketing racket, just like they did uh, with Sonic. If you remember, I did a podcast on that a few weeks ago. Go check it out. It's a pretty good one. These movie companies are not magnanimous, like a lot of people seem to think that they are. They are not so charitable. They see our naivete and they are doubling down on our very gullible natures. Oh, well. Uh, for those of you that haven't been paying attention, this podcast has the majority of our listeners from Paris, France. And I think it would be a fair statement to say, uh, like your language, this is the podcast of love. So to our French friends, we see you and pardon my butchered French tongue, but <clears throat> accrochez-vous à vos magouilles, il est temps pour le spectacle du vendredi. Welcome back to the Friday show, friends, and it did not come a moment too soon. I was spiraling into a drastically destructive masturbatory frenzy, the likes of which haven't been seen, or in this case, heard of, since the Black Plague. And uh, speaking of prolific masturbators, did everyone get a chance to uh, pull in the Monday Madness episode with Anthony? On his show, he uh, he talked about docuseries and the Tiger King specifically, and it's, it's, it's really, it's been too long since I watched that one. Um, so I don't think I could speak to it with any justice, but I do plan to rewatch those episodes at some point and give a detailed commentary on the, uh, on the struggle of man <laughs> or, or uh, tigers or Carol Baskins or, or whatever. Of course, that time is not now. Uh, it's, it's summer and there is a lot of uh, good TV and movies I haven't seen. So I'll be doing that before I rewatch uh, the Tiger King. And uh, that means I will once again be behind the zeitgeist and miss the wave, unable to take advantage of all of those trending tags. Now, but I've, I've never been too good at that, at that anyway. Uh, let's see. We talked a little bit about the Snyder cut of justice league. 
Uh, what else is new in the movie sphere? We got a uh, we got a full trailer for Tenant from Christopher Nolan, and wow, 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 wow! That movie looks incredible. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's uh, of course Christopher Nolan. It's another mind bender. It looks like a a secret organization using some kind of time manipulation. It looks uh, a little more clear cut than Inception. So <laughs> here's hoping I'll be able to understand it a little bit better. Now, now the trailer ended by saying coming to theaters. And this was kind of a, uh, a punctuation on the trailer because all of the other summer blockbusters through the end of July have delayed their release dates due to the virus. So it, it was pretty shocking to see even though it didn't have a date on the trailer, it did say coming to theaters. Um, uh, and of course, all of these, you know, hundred plus million dollar blockbusters are going to be released to theater at some point. But it, I mean, it was still pretty uh, jarring to see. And Nolan did an interview with Total Film. Um, when they asked him about the release of the movie to theaters, he clarified, we're finishing the film and the film will be ready when the theaters open. I think at this stage, that is all there is to say about it, really. <laughs> I've never heard Christopher Nolan in an interview, so why not make him Irish in my mind? It seems like a perfectly reasonable thing to do. And the article that I read said that Warner Bros. would need to see that 80% of the world theaters had been reopened in order to see that the uh, you know the release would be worthwhile. So it sounds like the movie release will be wholly dependent upon the movie theaters themselves and not the whims of some corporate suit. And currently, uh, they haven't moved the release date and Tenet is still scheduled to come out on July 17th. Now, I, that's interesting because that's a lot of theaters that need to be open in order for them to consider the movie potentially profitable enough but when theaters reopen, they probably will reopen with different guidelines based on like social distancing. And so I would assume that would that would also mean reduced ticket sales, reduced seating. And so I don't know if that I'm sure they thought of it like I'm not the guy sitting here like oh, <laughs> Warner Bros. But did you think of this? Uh, I, I'm not the guy that that says that. Uh, and I don't know. I. I just think that that still seems optimistic, 80%, one, being open, and then two, being open in a way that's going to net them the kind of income and profit that they're expecting. Uh, <clears throat> so, okay, I, I promised you we'd talk a little bit about anime on this episode, and, you know, talk about anime we shall. This isn't the first time that I've brought up anime on the podcast, and it won't be the last. Uh, and if y'all you'll find this enjoyable and entertaining, please, please let me know, and I will do it more often. I, I don't know if I've talked about my history specifically or my love affair with anime on this show before. So to start with, I've always loved animated cartoons. You know, the old Spider-Man and uh, old X-Men shows, they were my bread and butter. I watched uh, the Aladdin TV show along with Gargoyles and Darkwing Duck. Um, and not to take away from their importance, my brothers and myself also watched, you know, goofier shows like 
uh, Doug, Garfield, Looney Tunes, Tiny Tunes, DuckTales, Ed, Ed, Nettie, and, and all, all kinds of other, other shows. But there was always an attraction to the more action-packed cartoons, which naturally led into Japanese-produced animated shows or, uh, or anime. And, and there's this myth, uh, at least in our, our Western culture, where we aren't allowed to enjoy cartoons as adults. We aren't allowed to collect action figures or read comic books once we grow up, which is incredibly ironic because there's a, a parallel thought, uh, and that's that we should try to stay young at heart to retain our imagination and wonder for as long as we can. So the, the same people that say this eternal youth nonsense in the same breath uh, say that I need to grow up and stop watching cartoons. <laughs> you almost caught me. Uh, that this hypothetical person I'm describing in the scenario needs to grow up and stop watching cartoons. And I bought into that. Uh, as a pre-teen, I could see that the themes and ideas in cartoons were for children and that my already growing maturity uh, was seeing these forms of entertainment as something beneath me or something too childish for me to watch. But the problem was I still loved the animation that a, that a group of people worked together to draw line and color the same pictures or nearly the same pictures over and over and over again to create the illusion of movement. And this process was just amazing to me. I, I was ready to give it up, though, to become an adult, to fit in, to do what society said I had to do. That is, until I discovered anime. Uh, actually, my little sister introduced me to it uh, in my teenage years. She showed me uh, Dragon Ball Z. And in one of the first episodes I saw, a man named Vegeta struck the head clean off of Goldo's shoulders with a Muay Thai elbow swipe of some kind. Uh, and this, well, this was not a cartoon for children. And shortly after that, during a night I was up late, uh, well, you know, the rest of the house slept, I discovered Ninja Scroll, an anime that was playing on, on Showtime. Oh boy, watching Jubei dispatch any one of the skilled ninja that pursued him was a violent, action-packed, fluidly animated delight for this particular teenager. Uh, and, and it wasn't just the incredible violence or seemingly adult themes of these anime that drew me in, but the fact that they were geared toward an older audience let me know that my cartoon days, well, they didn't have to be over just because I grew up. And I know, I, I know in hindsight, I didn't have to listen to anyone and could still be watching Fraggle Rock to this day. Um, but you don't really have that kind of insight as a, as a very young person. And anime is so incredible too, to, to once again, quote my, my cousin, Jesse, not verbatim, of course, but he said, the reason anime is so great. And yes, there are movies, live action in quote movies, uh, that have great special effects and grand ideas, but anime has these spectacular human beings doing these spectacular superhuman things. And it's just, it's something that, that can't be accomplished at all in live action movies, regardless of the level of sophistication of the special effects or of the practical effects. So, on today's podcast, I'm going to tell you about one of my favorite animes, 
and spoil the hell out of it. So hopefully it wasn't on your watch list. I'm going to talk about the irresponsible Captain Tyler and the crew of the Soyokaze. Now, I've enjoyed watching anime for a long time. And during my, my early working years, I lived with my parents. Yeah, get off my back about it. We've all done it. So uh, I I had very few bills and a working man's salary, and so I indulged in several anime. I purchased uh, box sets of the stuff, like sight unseen, without even glancing at a review or a synopsis. This was uh, kind of a trial by error process. I got, oh, I bought a lot of stinkers. Now, my dad, he didn't understand my obsession with anime coming from a, a time where leisure time was spent, you know, fishing or digging, dan- <laughs> digging ditches or, or uh, planting potatoes. But for some reason, he decided that this 26 episode anime was the one that he was going to sit down and watch with his son. And that's one of the reasons why the irresponsible Captain Tyler is so special to me. Anyway, uh, like I said, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you about this anime. Uh, it starts with our hero, Justy Ueki Tyler. He's he's like this. He's a homeless dude or something. And if you could just close your eyes and picture a kind of a cyberpunk futuristic setting, this guy sees a a very brightly colored neon recruitment billboard uh, for the space force or the anime equivalent of a space military, and and he's looking for an easy life. He's looking to just relax, get fed good food and meet some sweet babes. That's like, that is his deal. So he gets hired on, he gets hired on in the mail room or like a pension office or something. And he, and he goes to deliver uh, a letter to this old Admiral dude. Um, but while he's there, he inadvertently rescues the Admiral and his family from terrorists who are actually undercover agents of, uh, the space, villains, the adversaries, the Ralgoons, and this gets uh, Tyler a promotion to captain and command of his own ship, the Soyokaze. The thing about this guy is he's so goofy and uh, on the wiki online, it, it said, now it's hard for the audience to tell or the, the, the characters in the show to tell whether Tyler is an idiot or a genius. And the anime has largely left that up to the audience to decide whether he's one or the other. So he gets he gets his own ship, the Soyokaze. He's hated immediately by his own crew because they know he's an idiot. They know he didn't deserve to be captain of this ship. Uh, they, they try to kill him and sabotage him and hurt him in several different ways. But one time they try and kill him, they give him a gift that's actually a bomb. Uh, but at the same time as, as they're giving him this gift, they're boarded by, uh, enemies. And so to gain the favor of the enemies, Captain Tyler then re-gifts his bomb gift. He doesn't know it's a bomb to the enemy captain on the invading ship. Then the invaders, they go back to their own ship and their intention is to blow the Soyakazi right out of the sky, right out of space. Cause they're all in space. Uh, but instead, the captain of that ship, he opens up the gift that Tyler gave him and it blows up and destroys the <laughs> destroys his ship, which, uh, you know, looking back on it now is kind of, I guess, a little bit uh, incongruent that his 
his crewmates would give him a bomb that would blow them all up too. Or maybe they were suicidal just because they, <laughs> they had to deal with this, with this moron. Um, anyway, Tyler gets promoted again. Uh, the top brass give Tyler, they give him a medal, uh, but they hate him as well and know that he's only been promoted to captain in the first place, uh, because he's got favor with the Admiral that he saved. So they, they give him this medal, but in the medal is a device that makes the, uh, Soyokaze look like the entire space fleet to the enemy Ralgoons. And so they send him out there and he'll be bombed to hell because he's just one ship against the entire Ralgoon f- uh, fleet. But this plan backfires because Tyler forgets the medal at the Space Force headquarters, causing it to be attacked instead, where like it, it blows up their secret weapon and they're all pissed again. So he and the Soyakaze then get de- demoted because they didn't go get themselves killed. They get reinstated uh, and then... Tyler is captured by the enemy. He escapes his prison cell where he was going to be executed and he bumps into the Empress and makes, you know, real good uh, impression on her. Uh, You know, they (laughs) they become friends, just like any classic trope. He didn't know she was the Empress until she stayed off his execution after they made. Think of like, uh, you know, Aladdin and Jasmine from the Disney movie. Aladdin didn't know she was the princess. He was just helping her out. Or maybe he didn't know. I, I don't know. But anyway, he didn't know she, know she was the Empress. Um, then he saves her from a bomb plot from some devious Ralgoon politicians. And then she escorts him back to his ship um, so he can get so he can get better, so he can get healed. Once he's better, he lets her go back to her people. And he is labeled by the Space Force a traitor for doing so. But before he can be uh, put to death, by the Space Force, he manages to convince them that he can defeat the Ralgoons, and so, inexplicably, they give him control of the entire Space Force fleet. (laughs) And then, well, I changed my mind. I'm not going to tell you how it ends. I know I said I was going to, uh, I was going to spoil it for you, but hopefully, that just... It maybe it made you a little more inclined to check it out for yourself. Yeah, I have I have endeavored for a long time to to bring people over to become anime fans, and I've always tried to find the right entry point for the person that I'm trying to bring into the fold. Whether you know that's Death Note or Pompoko or Akira or any of the other family friendly Studio Ghibli films, for my dad. Turns out it was the irresponsible Captain Tyler. And heck, maybe it'll be the same. Maybe it'll be the same for you. Uh, I'm going to try something different this week uh, for my question to you, Anthony. I'm planning my my whole next episode uh, based around this question. So uh, I'm, I'm so excited, though. I, um, I want to get your perspective first. Uh, so the Omega Cops asked, and I want to ask you, if you could send any video game back in time to your childhood self, what would it be? And if you could send that game back, how do you think it would change the game industry today? And I know we've talked about it before. We've had these little brainstorming sessions uh, about how if you sent a movie back in time, especially 
uh, like the Avengers, something very special effects heavy to like the 1930s or something, how minds would just be blown. They'd think it was, you know, a real thing, but, uh, but same question. Um, but with a movie, if you could send any movie back in time to your childhood or, you know, to your teenage self, it's, if it's something, you know, that you need to be a little older to understand or would, I guess, even be appropriate for you. And what movie would that be? And how do you think it would change the movie industry? If, if at all, uh, you know, gosh, I think, I think that's it for this week's episode. You know, it's a day late again. And (laughs) honestly, I think it's harder for Anthony than any of you because he depends on my episode to get his episode done. And I'd say that I'm going to do better, but damn it, it's summer outside and I've got a lawn to mow. Uh, (laughs) Thanks everyone uh, for tuning in. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with your pals. It means the world to Anthony and myself. You know, tune in uh, Monday for Monday Madness with Anthony and try to have a good weekend. It's a, it's a crazy world out there right now. <laughs>